0: In this episode, we're taking a look at limiting beliefs. We're looking at how to identify them, how to understand what they are and how they're created, and then how to realistically shift these in your life so that they have less power over you. Let's talk about
1: what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Intuitive Girl's
0: Guide. Hey Jay, what do you think about talking about limiting beliefs today?
1: I love this topic (laughs) and I think other people are going to love it too.
0: Okay, so this is kind of a follow-up to our last episode, which was about intuition and ego. Right. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I say pause this one. Go back. Go back and listen. Yep. And then come here. Mm -hmm. Okay. We got to first talk about what a limiting belief is. Yep. And we have to acknowledge that this idea and this term has been taken and used in ways that make me feel icky sometimes. I feel like that's how we
1: start every single episode
0: (laughs) Seriously. I hate it here sometimes. I, I mean,
1: it's all just twisted around.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. This is a real thing. Yes. And people who actually study intuition and ego understand this. Right. People who are professional therapists, right? a lot of them understand this. Yeah. But some of them don't. mm. A lot of people who are some sort of healer or life coach Coach, or whatever don't actually understand this and they use the terminology and they don't do a good job making sure people are taken care of when they work on this stuff. Well, because when you have a true limiting
1: belief, it really can follow you for your whole (laughs) life. Yeah. I mean, that's the work, right? When we talk about the work. Yeah. It's that. Absolutely, it's re- it's understanding those, mm-hmm. deconstructing them, and then mm-hmm. rewriting them. Mm-hmm. But if you're working with someone that doesn't understand it, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, if you've ever heard somebody say, "I'm going to teach you how to remove all mm. of your limiting beliefs," mm.
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not how it works. No, no, because the because there it's all tied into other things.
0: Yeah. That's like, that's like a therapist saying, I'm going to work with you and we're going to remove all of the trauma and bad feelings and bad thoughts you have. Right. That is not realistic.
1: No. And like we talked about in the last episode, like universal fears, Mm -hmm. those fears are yours. Right. Right, Like abandonment, rejection. Yeah. So I can rewrite vows. I can unlearn vows. Mm -hmm. But my ego is still always scanning.
0: Absolutely. You... Let's let's say what it is. Yeah. And then we'll talk about that because I have an analogy for that that I think will help people okay. understand what it really is. Okay. So what what this is a limiting belief, sometimes it's called a vow or a statement or a rule, usually with the word limiting attached. Right. And it's created by your ego when it cannot find a path to safety. Yes. Okay. It lives in your subconscious. Yes. Okay. So what that means is you felt unsafe, most likely emotionally, mm-hmm. but certainly there are many circumstances where like physically you were actually unsafe too. Absolutely. Okay. And it could not figure out how your ego could not figure out how to get you back to feeling safe.
1: Right. Because we said in the last episode, the ego's job is to keep you
0: yes. safe. So in a moment where you couldn't get a path to safety, right. your ego could not come up with one. hmm You create a story that helps you in that moment to get out. Right. This story can become a limiting belief. Right. Once you alter your behavior based on the story, it is set in stone that it is now that. (laughs) Yep. Okay. One thing we didn't mention in the last episode about the ego is that your ego doesn't really click on too strongly until you're about six years old. Right. Okay, so most of your limiting beliefs have an origin around the age of six. Right. It does not mean that everything that happened to you at six created them and that they can't be created later or any of that stuff. They right. certainly can. Right. But most of them have this origin. And when all of a sudden you started to realize that just as you are is not acceptable to everyone, right? you created some beliefs because you suddenly realized how unsafe the world was that you were in.
1: And that happens... Because of brain development, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. You will hear therapists or people like neuropsychologists, any of them, talk about that. They'll use different terminology. They mm-hmm. won't call it the ego, but that's what's happening.
1: Right. Okay. And I, th- I think it's important to note that the reason why this work is so important is because you have this limiting belief mm-hmm. that you're acting mm-hmm. off of. hmm that was created with your six year old brain. Exactly. Or your 12 year old brain. Yes. Or even your 18 year old brain. Your mm-hmm. brain isn't fully developed right. until you're what, 25? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're creating these, I call them vows, because it feels like that. It feels yep. like it's written in stone. Mm-hmm. It feels like I've made this vow that this is how I have to live, this is how I respond to this particular stimuli. Yes. But I made that story when I was six.
0: Yeah, and it isn't actually what you authentically believe or how you authentically right. act or see the world. Right. It's actually very inauthentic. Right. You just don't fully realize it because it's in your subconscious. And until you are consciously aware of it, right. it rules your life and it's making you unhappy. Right. It's hurting you. Yes. But it was developed from like a really good place. Yeah. But if we don't understand to go back and fix these, right, then we don't we never get to that balanced intuition and ego we talked about exactly so we never feel fully powerful
1: and this can be a lot of what we like what we would call like inner child work
0: absolutely inner child work and this kind of work are very much together Mm -hmm. like when you are doing anything where you're going back in time and looking at what was going on you're doing inner child work
1: right and you i mean to the point where when you and i do it we call it little j. Yes. Yes. Like what would like We how, name her. How would yeah. little j perceive this? Yes. Because like your perception as a child yeah is not how i as a 42 year old woman would perceive.
0: No. It exactly exactly and it's not how you when you're 52 will perceive right. it it's not how you when you were 32 perceived it like right it's all like you're you're bringing stuff that you wrote in the past that's affecting your present and future and you're going let me look at it right now and understand it from all those viewpoints right that's what you're doing when you're trying to remove the power of these limiting beliefs right okay so this is this is where I'm I'm struggling to like clarify something. People will ask like, okay, so it's always trauma. Yeah. It's not always trauma. Yeah. Okay. It's not. Trauma is a funny animal to begin with, and yeah. people have all different viewpoints and definitions of what trauma is. Right. Okay. But just because you created a limiting belief does not mean that there was trauma involved. Right. Do they happen to go together often? Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a high level of fear. And it can be about something small. Like you Mm -hmm. could look back at it in your current self and think about something like when you were six. And now you're like, definitely, that was the hugest deal ever. And I was so unsafe because of that. Yes, but you were. Yeah, it could have been, for example, you could have watched a movie where the parent dies in the movie. And then you could Mm. have create a vow about doing something to make sure your parent doesn't die based on what the character in the movie did that Mm. like lost the parent.
1: Because you were so scared of the idea of that happening. You
0: experienced a high level of fear. Right. And like your brain now still has trouble understanding the difference between something you're imagining and something that's really happening. Right. But as a kid, it's even worse. So you're watching something on TV, like you could still have a huge reaction to that.
1: And that's not trauma.
0: That's not necessarily trauma. There could be trauma involved there, but that wouldn't necessarily fall into that category. right? So I just want to be clear there. Okay. You are conditioned to use fear, not desire, like we talked about before, right? Right. So when you find these limiting beliefs, you they just seem like truths. Because right. you're so conditioned to be operating in fear all the time. Yes. So they can be hard to spot if you don't know what to look for. I agree. I'm going to tell you how to look for them. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get it, it they have like red flashing lights on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. So first of all, the easiest way to look is to go like, what areas of my life would I say I don't feel super powerful in them? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean powerful not in the like ruling over other people, but in like where I feel like the way I want to feel, where I dictate what I want, where I can manifest well. Like that's what I mean by power. Right. Like where you feel aligned in your life. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. So the other things you can look for is... Where is there a lot of mediocrity? Mm. Do I accept a lot of mediocrity in any areas of my life? Most likely you have a limiting belief in that area. Right. Okay. The power, like I said before, but the power is really outside of you. Right. So anywhere that like you feel like you have to ask permission. So one of the examples I give a lot is with money. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) A lot of people have a lot of limiting beliefs about money. And the, the quickest thing that you can do is an exercise I teach people where I say, Tell me, make money Mm -hmm. a person in your life and Mm -hmm. describe your relationship with them. Now, most people describe if it was a person and it was a romantic relationship, it would be a very abusive, controlling relationship. Right. Where money told them what they could and couldn't do, money told them how they could feel about themselves. Right. Right. So that is an indication that you have a lot of limiting beliefs affecting you when it comes to money. Right. Okay. Someone who describes a relationship with money where money is like the best personal assistant that ever existed, right? And you're like, I want to do this. And money's like, let me run out and make that happen. Yeah. Okay. That is someone who doesn't probably have a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to money. Right. Okay. So you can just indicate it based on like, where's the power relationship in the thing? And that applies to any part of your life, with your job, with your your romantic relationships, friendships, all of that. Where does the power lie? Is it in you or outside of you? Gotcha. Gotcha. Where are you settling a lot? Hmm. Where do you talk yourself into settling? Okay. Right. We all settle everywhere. But where do you do it a lot? Right. Cuz your intuition hates settling. It's like yes. It's a it's like kryptonite to your intuition. Yes. And the more you do it, the more disconnected from your own intuition you feel. Right. So if you're doing that a lot, if you're talking yourself into it, are you you hear people say statements like Yeah, you know, well, it's good enough. Or like Mm -hmm. that is them Mm -hmm. telling you that they have a lot of limiting beliefs in that area. And then the last one is avoidance. (laughs) (laughs) Where in your life do you avoid things? Right. You know, what are you putting off? What are you trying not to think about?
1: That's a good one.
0: Okay. That's going to be an area where you have a lot of limiting beliefs. Hmm. Total (laughs) opt-out, huge amount of limiting beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I'll give you a personal example. Mm -hmm. A lot of, for a lot of my life, I'm getting better. You can vouch for me that I'm working on this. I opted out of ever going to a doctor for anything. Yes. Okay. I was avoiding it. Mm -hmm. And what I would say would be like, oh, it just doesn't work out for me or I don't need it or I'm I'm tough. That was all bullshit. Yeah. And it was me telling you that I was avoiding it because I don't, I don't feel powerful there. I have a lot of limiting beliefs based on experiences in that Mm -hmm. arena. So I'm avoiding it.
1: Right, and that's not to say that if you have a limiting belief that it's not true. I mean, you have had terrible experiences with medical professionals. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily lies. No, it's just that you have to find where the power is there. Yeah,
0: it's going like, I'm never going to have a future one, because based on the past, I don't think it'll ever work out. Right. And that, any kind of time you have statements like that, I hear that a lot with relationships. Like, Mm. I'm never getting married again, because you know, my last marriage ended in divorce and it was really traumatic. Right. So you are projecting something on the future and you're saying like, I'm not going to intuitively feel out what I want in the moment. I'm right. going to set a rule now. Right. That's a limiting belief. Yes. Okay. Um, anywhere that your needs are not being met, Yeah. you have limiting beliefs. Because
1: you're not making sure they're being met. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Here are some statements that you can use that can also kind of help you. Okay. Okay. So this is like fill in the blank. I want blank, but I have blank. Like meaning? So like, I want a Maserati. Oh, but I have a Pontiac. <laughs> no, I, I'm just guessing at cars <laughs> that people wouldn't like. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you when you can, I say like write. Just have them blank and just fill in what what comes to you. Right. Okay? okay. Look at different areas of your life. Okay. I have this, but I want this. Okay. I want this, but I have this where's the butt? gotcha that will tell you where you have a limiting belief gotcha i okay. want you know financial freedom but i have a lot of debt like that means there's a limiting belief there and it isn't like you've done something wrong there's no, no shame involved in right. this it's that there's some sort of belief in that statement that is holding you back yeah it's showing you where to work yes okay and the other one is i feel blank but i want to feel blank Gotcha. This one is the easier one, in my opinion. Same. Okay. Again, if you are more of an emotionally intelligent person, if you're very intuitive and in tune with your feelings, this statement will feel a lot easier than the other one. Right. But it's just based on who you are.
1: Yeah. I think that's really actually very helpful, though.
0: Yeah. So if you're, let's say you're thinking about your job. So at my job, I feel like this but I want to feel like this. And then you go, okay, why haven't I done anything to make myself feel like that? Well, most likely there's a limiting belief, right? okay? They're not all huge. No. Some are, some are freaking doozies. Yeah. Some will undo you for a while, <laughs> but not all of them. Right. Okay. Let's talk about identifying them and shifting them. Okay. So once you kind of figure out you have one somewhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to want to start to to like understand it and then you're going to want to start to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. okay now again i want to really talk about how there are different levels of limiting beliefs yes we all have a few that we will sword fight with for the rest of our lives right okay it isn't this is what we said in the beginning it is not about removing them forever that's never gonna happen right you are going to walk through life and experience a high amount of fear and you already have and it's not possible to remove that. But what is possible is that you can sort of get to a place where you're not having such a reaction to it. Right. So here's my analogy. You're on a spiral staircase. Yes, this is a good one. (laughs) I knew you knew this was coming. (laughs) And the same issues are going to come up for your whole life. Right. Right? And so this, you're like, you're doing the work and now you're at like a higher angle. Right. It's not like punching you right into root chakra anymore. Now at this part, point in your life, this issue is affecting you like this and you're going to grow and learn from it and release it a little more. And then you're going to go to the next level and the same thing and the same thing and the same thing.
1: But, and you're at a better vantage point. Like you can now it's almost like you go up the staircase and you're now looking down on it so you can see more of the whole picture
0: exactly like
1: when you start it feels like your, your ego feels like it's being attacked uh-huh. all the time and uh-huh. in like you know there's punches coming from every angle and you don't know what to expect yes you heal you work you keep going up the staircase yeah and then you're like oh, right, this is happening.
0: Exactly.
1: Right, like there's an awareness about it. Like, oh, this is that oh, it's old this. vow. Yes, so yes. So what do I need to know now about it?
0: Yes, What's what's it teaching me right now? Right. Yes, you can still be mad about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still sucks.
0: I mean, how many times do we say to each other, oh, this fricking thing again. You know what I mean? But it doesn't
1: feel so personal.
0: No, no. So I'm going to give a personal example of what I would call my biggest one that's affected my life the most. We all have the dramatic ones. This is mine. And I think the dramatic ones help you understand what they look like and how they act. Mm -hmm. But understand that most of the ones affecting you are not dramatic. There's like one or two dramatics. And then they all have these like Little like sublet, right? <laughs> limiting beliefs next to them, right? Okay, so for example, my biggest limiting belief I'm gonna tell you what, how it was written in my subconscious, and you're gonna be like, that's silly and not at all <laughs> believable, okay? But it's important to hear them that way because that's how they're written, right? Okay, so mine was that if I don't need anything from anybody if I succeed, if I act perfectly, if I meet everybody's expectations of me, if I read the room and show up the way that I'm supposed to, Mm -hmm. then the people I love won't die. Literally. Literally. Die. Okay. And if I want to be even more specific, it was that my mother won't die. Right. Okay. So I know when I hear that, that that's ridiculous.
1: But again, we're talking about a 6 year old a 6 year old
0: yes and right. here's the thing i don't even think at the age i was at that i fully believed that was true right but my mother was in the hospital she was very very she i think she did die for a few minutes and came back to right. be honest with yeah. you like she was yeah. not well okay no. she survives guys so like shout out to my mom hyland Lynn. Lynn <laughs> but that was for me at the age that i was at which was five. Mm-hmm. I was looking at that, and I, my ego couldn't find a way to safety, knowing my mother was in trouble. Right. How does a five-year-old deal with the idea that they might lose their mother? Not well, probably. Okay. So now we have that situation we talked about before that was like, my ego couldn't get a path to safety. Right. It had never even considered this possibility before. Exactly. Okay. So what happened was I made a story up Mm -hmm. and it was based on what people were saying to me. Yes. Okay. So people, when I was a little kid and my mother was in the (laughs) hospital, would say to me, oh, you got to be good. Your poor parents, your poor dad trying to manage everything your mom like you just got to be good right. take care of your brother you got to be good okay now
1: and they thought they were just giving you like pointers
0: yes exactly and, like,
1: pointing you in the right direction like yeah just be good get your homework done and like everything will be calm
0: just like don't cause any waves right. it'll be and everything will be okay right. right. okay they didn't mean to like be like here's the thing you'll battle for your whole life heather <laughs> But
1: that's how it goes sometimes. And
0: you guys, to this day, when any kid has like something like scary going on, I'm up there telling the kid like, don't, you don't need to be good. Just be you. I'm here if you need anything. I I can hold the space. Like you will hear me do that. And the kid's looking at me like, what? Obviously I'm talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Talk about inner child work.
0: Right. But I'm also like, hey, I know you're hearing this message. Right. And I know the importance of hearing the opposite one. Exactly. Okay. So. I heard that and thought, okay, my behavior will affect the outcome. And since my ego couldn't get safe, it was like, okay, if we believe mm-hmm. that if we are good and we do all the things right and we take care of our brother, we do, 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 mm-hmm. then your mom will survive. That's a path out of this intense feeling of fear that I'm going to lose my mom.
1: And then she did survive.
0: And then I did that <laughs> right. and she did survive. So, so. Now your ego has evidence, right? That you're like this did work.
1: Yeah, your ego is literally like filing, like okay, that this worked. is what Check. we do. Put that, in the exactly. <laughs> Put that in the filing cabinet.
0: Exactly. Right. Okay. And so then it just it permeates. And my goodness, there's so many things that come off of that for me. I could tell right. so many stories, yes. and I will spare everybody. But for me, still to this day, as someone who teaches this, who's worked on this, mm-hmm. exhaust like an exhausting amount of time it will still come up because as soon as I get afraid, I will start to try to be good and to control everything and to manage everyone's expectations and to like, I will immediately shift into that mode.
1: Well, because your ego thinks we have this technique. It worked. Yeah. When we were scared. Yeah. Now, 10 years later, I feel scared. So your ego saying, well, how can I apply this technique? To this particular situation
0: exactly so you
1: take that people pleasing that editing that like micromanagement of everything yep and you apply it to wherever you are when you're 15 or you're 20 exactly because it your ego knows
0: it worked and he, it, you might hear that and be like that doesn't sound so terrible heather wow <laughs> but here's the thing my whole thing was like not to cause any waves right and if you know me you were. I born was born to cause waves. I—that's right. who I am as a person. I don't do anything without someone getting pissed off at me for it. Well,
1: and let's be honest, <laughs> that even when you're on your quote-unquote best behavior, yeah, you're still making waves. Always, because it's so inherent to who you are. Yes. So then it becomes that sort of that internal battle of like. I, but wait i'm i'm putting on the mask i'm doing everything yeah it's still not working But i'm still making waves and people are still frustrated with me you yeah. know what i mean so it be, it becomes this like very fuzzy yeah. gray area right because it's
0: not true and it's right. inauthentic it wasn't ever true right. that my behavior as a kid made it so my mother lived no. it had nothing no, to do exactly. with it i could have been a messy brat wreck of a person right and it would have no effect on my mother's health exactly my father would have loved me just as much
1: and she was in the hospital she didn't know
0: no and and when they came back if i was being a a, an awful brute of a child right they would have dealt with it it all would have been fine but that wasn't a very powerful story as a kid to have nothing to hold on to to have any control to have my mom be okay to accept the idea as a kid that bad things are going to happen to you and you can't do anything about it Mm. is terrifying.
1: Oh, yeah. So we make (laughs) stories, right? right?
0: And here's the thing. When you go through life and every time you get afraid, you immediately stop being who you are and try to adjust to who's with you and meet their expectation of you. It's a quick road to being in a really dark place. Agreed. And I was there too. I'm sure
1: many people that are listening know that.
0: Yes. So I just want you to hear that, Though they might sound small, Mm -hmm. they're huge. Yes. And then you all of a sudden become unhappy because the decisions you're making are based on how to keep yourself safe, not happy.
1: Exactly.
0: And then pretty soon you realize that without any sort of joy or happiness, that's truly the most unsafe way to live.
1: It doesn't matter how safe you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's what they look like. Mm -hmm. All right. You can also have other ones that like are small. Like for example, if when you were a kid, your parents always clipped coupons, Mm. you could have a belief about money that like spending full price on something was something dangerous Mm. okay that's not true but you could have just observed it and decided that was true it's not always like keeping your mom from dying
1: right absolutely okay
0: so it's important to know that okay so your ego is the thing that is going to identify your limiting belief yeah if you want to go like where is stuff fuzzy? You've got to use your ego. So I think that's why sometimes when people are like, I'm going to do this deeply intuitive work and discover your limiting beliefs. I'm like, that's actually deep ego work. Yeah, That's what other people call shadow work sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So like they work together. Again, you don't really use one without the other, but your ego is the place that you'll find these things. Okay. Your intuition is the place where you'll go, well, what do I want instead? Mm-hmm. Because in these areas you have limiting beliefs, you've told your intuition to be quiet. You've disconnected it. Yes. Because the whole time you were having having these limiting beliefs, your intuition's been like, Jamie, Jamie, that's right. all we want. Exactly. Eh. And it's too painful. So you just kind of like, boop, Turn let me off. unplug, let me disconnect. Right. So when you see people who are like very disconnected from certain parts of their lives, even highly intuitive people, mm-hmm. that's why. Okay, so you want to look and go to to your intuition. What do I want instead? So for me, it was like, instead of feeling like my behavior and like making everyone around me accept me and like not cause any waves, that that's the way to keep myself safe. I want to believe that it's safe to be myself. Right. I want to believe that like who I am is lovable and safe to be in the world.
1: This is where affirmations come in.
0: Exactly. But you can't only do the affirmation. You have to know what you're exactly. working against. You
1: can't you can't override all of this, all of these limiting beliefs with an affirmation. No. But if you can work on the limiting beliefs and then add in the affirmation, that's where they work.
0: Exactly. Yep. You have to be aware of the limiting belief. Right. And the affirmation has to be the what you want instead. They yeah. both have to be there. Right. Okay. So I started working on that, but it wasn't like I said the affirmation and then this ripple went through my life and I never used the old belief again. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be awesome. But that's not how it works. No. Instead, constantly you're looking for stuff that doesn't align with that belief that, that you want. Right. Right. So if you're like, okay, I want to feel like it's safe to be my authentic self.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whenever I'm somewhere and all of a sudden I don't feel that way, I'm just clocking it. Right. I'm like, oh, something's going on. Right. Okay. I don't put pressure on myself to figure it out in the moment. That's ridiculous. Please don't do that. No. Just place like a little tab. Yep. A little marker, a little flag here. Right. And go back. Okay. Exactly. Sometimes in the moment you can shift it. Yep. But most of the time not. Yeah. Just go, hmm. Interesting. Right. Okay. And then go back and take a look at what might have been going on there. Why couldn't I achieve that? Right. As soon as you ask that question, you'll know the answer.
1: Yeah. And I think that awareness in and of itself sometimes is very powerful.
0: Super powerful. Yeah. Okay. Create evidence that a new way is possible and start small. Yes. Start so small.
1: People (laughs) don't like that. No. They just want to like sweep it like they just want to like understand it break the vow and move on
0: yeah it doesn't work that way no no you have to start creating new evidence and what that means is right the idea that it's unsafe mm-hmm. to be myself i had to start collecting evidence that it was safe to be myself because my ego had spent at the time like 25 years Collecting evidence that that, it was unsafe to be me. Right. So I can't just fight up against that all the time. I have to have evidence that it is safe to be me. Right. So your ego, your whole entire life, mostly, has had all this evidence against the new belief. Right. So my ego is like, um, we have 1,700 books full of reasons why it's not safe to be yourself. So just because I write an affirmation that's like, it's safe to be me. My ego is going to be like, well, how about all these reasons? Exactly. It's not. Right. So you have to walk through that. So in order to shift that, you have to have evidence that it is safe to be you. Right. One of the first things I like to do is point out to myself that the evidence I have that it's unsafe to be me is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mostly by being like, look at all those times you were just being whoever everyone wanted you to be and you still got rejected or you still got hurt or it still <laughs> didn't work out. Exactly. I think honestly, it probably happened more then.
1: Probably. You
0: know, so- Starting to see that is helpful. Right. Then you can do stuff where you're like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to be myself. I'm going to share one really like part of myself that I feel like is weird. Okay. And I'm going to see how people react to it. Mm -hmm. And you do that and they react just fine. And someone's like, oh my God, me too. And all of a sudden you have this moment where you're like, oh, my weirdness is okay. Right. Maybe you start a podcast where you and your friends (laughs) share their weirdness all the time. And people are like... Listen, right, and they relate to it, right. Whatever you start to gain new evidence, so it's like, okay, it actually is safe. So then, when your ego presents you with the fourteen hundred volumes of why it isn't, right, you start to be like, but what about this? Right. But exactly. what about this? what work this time. And you have to do it a lot right. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and it feels hard. But pretty, pretty soon, it will just become like a default where you start to like weigh all of it.
1: Yeah, and I think you sort of create like points of evidence where like I in my head, I have sort of like points of reference where mm. when I know my ego is going to start shit talking me, yeah. I have like specific examples yeah. of when that wasn't true. Yes. You know, and be like, oh, but actually it was people liked me here or I was safe in
0: this moment. And you know what? That just made me think of when you said that. If your ego is shit talking you, mm-hmm. you your limiting belief is talking to you. Yeah, your ego doesn't actually shit talk you,
1: right? Exactly. Your ego
0: presents things that might be unsafe. So if if your ego is saying something like, um, "Jamie, you're an idiot," right, that is right. a limiting belief presenting itself, exactly, because your your ego doesn't actually have any rules about who you are, right. So, in addition to that, if if you're hearing the like negative self talk, yep, actually listen in
1: because that's what it is,
0: because you'll hear your limiting belief in exactly. it, exactly. Okay, yeah, exactly. There's huge amounts of value in the story as well. Yep. So if you're like, huh, every time I do X, I I have this like idea that I have to be Y. Mm. Okay, so I'll give you another example of mine. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you know this about me, but I like to control everything. Yes.
1: You mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. The reason is, is because my reaction to fear mm-hmm. is control. Right. Which, when you think about that story, means that at one point in my life, when I felt like I didn't have control, I had a large amount of fear. I didn't feel safe. Right. And I already shared that story. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So when I notice myself overly trying to control everything, mm-hmm. I just go, "Whoa, whoa wait a minute." This is my ego. Right. This is a limiting belief because something's going on that I don't feel safe, and I didn't talk myself into the good place. Yeah. I'm trying to control everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, what I'll usually do is try to like overly control like my closet. Oh. Like and you, I'll you defer organize it. Somewhere it. Else. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. okay. Because I'm like, all right, I've got that feeling. Let me just generate it over here, so it's not hurting right. anything over here. But what I'll do is go. Why do I want to control this? Like asking yourself why is huge. When people, when I would do sessions with people, I felt like I would spend most of the time going, why? (laughs) Why? And then they would say something else. And why is that? And it's not because I was like taking a shortcut. It's because that's where all the gold is.
1: Yeah, because you have to, every time you ask why, you're digging underneath the beliefs.
0: Why do I feel like I have to right. control everything? What, right. what will happen if I don't control it? Why do I think that will happen? When right. I, then you'll get to like the root of the story. Right. Implement the new belief. Oh my God, this is so important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like we said before, where we are gathering new evidence. You have to fake the new belief at first. Yeah. People don't like that because it sounds <laughs> inauthentic. Yeah. But you have to think of it as like, maybe instead of saying fake, you like recalibrate.
1: Yeah, you're just retraining your thoughts.
0: Yeah, how many times have we told each other, okay, I'm going to this place and um this is the belief I'm going to I'm going to use. Yes. I don't believe it, but I'm I'm going to walk in like I do. Oh,
1: yeah, I've done that recently.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: I crushed it also.
0: <laughs> you actually you did crush it. <laughs> I actually have actual evidence that you, you crushed it. That. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's really important and, and people get stuck here. Because they're like, well, I don't actually believe that it's safe for me to be myself when I walk in somewhere. Right. Well, me freaking either. Right. But it's like, okay, but when I did not be authentic, it didn't go well. It wasn't safe either. Right. And when I have been authentic, the things that I am driven by most, which is contribution and connecting to people, love Mm -hmm. and connection, happen more when I'm authentic. Right. When I'm like, hey, this is how I really feel. This is, I'm a weirdo because... I'm obsessed with the moon and I always know what phase it's in and I physically, my body reacts to it. I think that's a weird thing to say. But every time I've said that, there's someone nearby who's like, me too. Exactly. And then there's someone else nearby that's like, interesting, tell me. Right. And then I just connected to those two people. So
1: then it doesn't matter the people that are looking at you with a side eye. They don't matter anymore. Because-
0: I, if I walked in and I was like, I think the moon's bullshit, someone else would give me a side eye. It does, there's no way I could not get the side eye from someone.
1: Right. Well, in, in, but in your ego story, again, it's all or nothing. Right. So in your ego story, it's that everyone is going to look at you like you're an idiot. Everyone, right? Yes. So even if you do it and you walk in and you say that and just two people look at you and go, oh my God, me too. Yeah. You are in that moment rewriting that ego story. Yes. Because it's not everybody.
0: It's not everybody. And the other thing that you start to know that I think it's important to say, but it can sound very toxic positivity-esque, but like, if someone is being mean to you or judging you for being different than them or having a different set of beliefs than them, they're, it's not actually about you. Right. It's about them. It's true. I mean, if it becomes about you, don't get me wrong. Right. Because they're being an ass. Right. But my behavior, my believing something is not the thing causing that person to treat me this way. Right. Exactly. And when you're a rejection person, you have to like write that behind your eyeballs because yeah. you don't really believe it. Exactly. Okay. Let's take a quick break, okay. and we'll we'll come back, and we'll talk about how you can like build up trust, and how you can use your intuition, and how you can spot this in not just yourself but other people. Gotcha. We'll be right back after this short break. You know what goes great with podcast listening?
1: A uh, great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop.
0: Yep, beans roasted in house, amazing baristas. You know where I'm talking about. Restoration Coffee, can we go? Yes, I need an Americano and maybe a panini too. Ooh,
1: I need blueberry maple latte and probably a Resto Bowl. yeah. Check them out
0: and visit restoration-coffee.com.
1: Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. Okay, Heather. We're obsessed. We've talked about this before. Yep. But I feel like <laughs> it's so impactful every time that we have to talk about that it's eclipse season again.
0: Yeah. And if, if this segment is truly about what we talk about just in our normal lives, like what we're actually yeah, obsessed right, about, exactly. it is, I don't think we have a single conversation where we don't yell about it being eclipse season. To no, each I mean, other. Th-
1: particularly this eclipse season has been wild.
0: I think I say that every time.
1: No, no, I mean it this time. (laughs) I mean it.
0: But yes, it feels really, really crazy. Intense. I think it has to do with other astrological events going on at the same time.
1: Mercury is retrograde now.
0: Yeah, but that usually happens during eclipse season. True. But it does intensify things. It does. But whatever, there's Pluto returns happening, and I think it just, everything is shaking out.
1: We're still waiting for everything to crumble, basically. Yeah. But I'm waiting for society to crumble.
0: I feel like you are standing at the window with your binoculars on, watching <laughs> and being like, Yep, starting to crumble over there I'm like the old man. Yes, yeah.
1: like watching from his porch. Yes. That is me. Yes. That's you right now. That is
0: me. Yeah, that's very eclipse season of you.
1: It is. And you have to survive though.
0: Yeah. So we've done an episode where we talk about eclipses. Yes. So you can go and you can listen to that yeah. to like understand more of the like nuts and bolts of this. Yeah. But basically there's a season around this time of year, every year, mm-hmm. where a bunch of planets go into retrogrades. We have eclipses all over the place. It, yeah. it's just like so that's what we're talking about with eclipse season. Right. Okay. So we're currently in it while we're recording this, mm-hmm. most likely while you're listening to it. It's still it. Probably, right. Okay. So what happens in eclipse season is that all this stuff that doesn't align anymore shakes out. Right. And when we say shakes out, we mean explodes in a like, fiery mess. Yeah. Or like
1: very <laughs> dramatically. So
0: dramatic. Right. Yeah. But it.
1: you got to keep your eye on the ball. You have to remember, like you got to play the long game, if, you know, like you yeah. have to realize that. This is a rocky road. Yeah. But what's shaking out right now is what has to go.
0: And it's all serving you. Right. It's just that like the way it's going to leave right now is rough. Yeah. In, in addition to me, there's always this little undertone of like, had I just let myself release this before, <laughs> it wouldn't have exploded in a fireball. Right but it's not always possible like no do you know what i'm saying yeah. though like the stuff that explodes in eclipse season it's not a surprise
1: no and in this one this time around i'm feeling like oh thank god me too oh like this this person is finally done same <laughs> like oh i'm fine i can this person's finally met their match i've been waiting for this
0: right i 100 percent agree the only thing i'll say is that during eclipse season it never like closes all the way right it just is like the beginning of like it it being removed right do you know what i mean yep. like it's not like okay phew that's yep. over it's like oh now this is gonna go down
1: yeah <laughs> it, it does seem sort of seem like there's a sense of justice sometimes yes. in eclipse season like
0: Finally, it's like a combination of relief right. and like stress, right?
1: So, if you can sort of like buckle up, yeah, sit through it, yeah, get through it, then you're like, oh, right, that had to happen. Mm-hmm. They, like, this had to shake out,
0: yeah. And whatever area stuff is getting all crazy in mm-hmm. is an area that you're, as soon as eclipse season's over, you're about to skyrocket right. into a really higher place. Right. So yay. That's a good point, right. Yay. Yay yeah. for like ascending to floor D in that area or whatever people <laughs> say nowadays. But that is right. what's about to happen. Exactly. But if you're not really aware of it, you can look at it like, why is everything falling apart? But yeah. really what it's doing is like, the stuff holding you back is removing itself.
1: This is like the real life version of when like you hear intuitive people say like, you have to let go of what no longer serves you. Yeah. Right? Like you hear, that's, yeah. it's become so trite these days that's all you hear people talking
0: about it's true though it is true and if you don't let go it's gonna blow up in a fiery mess during eclipse season <laughs> right
1: but sometimes letting go of what no longer serves you has to be like wrenched from your grip
0: it does right so like, yeah
1: that's what happens in eclipse season
0: yeah it's rough it can be i will say that a lot of astrologers like bring up a lot of fear around eclipse mm. season. And I know like the way we're talking about it, it probably doesn't sound like something everyone wants to sign up <laughs> right, for, right. but I, I don't think you should go into it like scared.
1: No, I think if you're going into it like white knuckling, you're in gripping, trouble. Oh baby. It's going to be harder. No. It really has to be like that age old saying of like just
0: allowing and yeah. releasing. And the this same with mercury retrograde. Yeah. Like back up your stuff on your yeah. electronic devices. Yeah. But, like, don't panic. Yeah. Blame everything bad that happens on it. 100%. I don't care if it has nothing to do with it. Blame Mercury. Blame Eclipse season. Go right ahead. Right. Right. (laughs) But it's not something to go into, like, oh, my God, my life's going to fall apart. Right. There's going to be parts of it that kind of explode a little, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be for the better. Agreed. And I don't think I've ever been super surprised in an area that Eclipse season started, like, messing with. Exactly. I no, wasn't no, like no, shocking. It's over there.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, here we go with this. Yeah. Right. Like I couldn't let go of this before, or this yeah. has been a problem for so long.
0: I've been waiting for it's this. Finally blowing up. Yeah. And the hard thing is that it's not just going to be one area usually. Right. It's like, oh, great, that's going to blow up too. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Buckle up. But it's it's not something to be super afraid of. No. A lot of a lot of people say don't manifest during it. I don't totally agree, but here, here's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's not the most optimal time no. for beginning the journey of manifesting something new. Right. It doesn't mean that the stuff you've been trying to manifest all of a sudden is on hold. Right. It's just like, hey, starting a new, like, let me start calling this into my life. During eclipse season is kind of like, let me go plant all the seeds for my garden during a snowstorm. Exactly. You can do it. It's just going to be real rough. Exactly. And they might not succeed the seeds as well because conditions aren't optimal.
1: Right. But if you've been manifesting and then eclipse season hits, it doesn't mean that, like, you go and, like, rip the seeds out of the garden. No. You just let them go as they have been. Yeah. And then you wait out eclipse season.
0: Yeah. Maybe you go check and you realize that it's been a little cold. So you put the little, those little cute blankets on your little trees or something.
1: Right. That would be okay. Exactly.
0: If you, if you think about what you're doing as far as like with the earth, right. Which is how our pagan ancestors were looking at stuff. Right. During eclipse season, it's spring Mm -hmm. and it's like later into spring. Right. So you're not planting the seeds. You've already done that. Yep. And you're not reaping the stuff. Like you're not pulling it out of the ground yet. It's not ready. Right. So it, you're just like continuing to take care of it. Right. Perfect. Do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd like to hear what people are bracing with eclipse season. Like maybe they could just, maybe they don't want to say personally, but they could just be like scale of one to 10. Yeah. It's 15. I'm, I'm at 15. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about how you start to really shift these beliefs right and i use the word shift because again we're not annihilating them they're not going to go anywhere right they're going to be your greatest teachers Mm -hmm. i know that sounds cheesy but it is really true it's true yeah i have learned more about myself in working with my limits than i have doing anything else same so there you go yeah you can also learn more about a person when you understand their limits like you really you want to get to know someone fast Maybe I should start a dating thing, Jay, where (laughs) it's like, let's start out with each other's limiting beliefs. You would get from like first date to like married for 10 years so much faster. Exactly. Okay. Well, if anyone has a a reality show (laughs) that they feel vulnerable, you can give us a call. Okay. There's so many good ideas. All right. So the way that you start to shift these, you can do it slow, but I have like a... A sort of like hacky way to get to it faster that I really like. Okay. So it involves really challenging your limiting belief, like really rewriting and flipping the script into making your limiting belief unsafe. Okay. And this is how you take your ego and you have it help you right. release the belief instead of hold on to it like it's eclipse season for you.
1: Right. Right. Like <laughs> make your ego work for you.
0: Exactly. Right. Okay, so let's say you have a limiting belief about money.
1: Okay, let's just do one for me. Okay, we'll do a live
0: <laughs> live, live demo, demo, live demo on Jamie's right. limiting beliefs.
1: Well, I think this is gonna—you're gonna show people how to like dig a little bit, exactly, because you're gonna there if you're doing this work by yourself. You're gonna ask a question, and then your ego is gonna go. Your ego is gonna say, "Okay, good.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's okay. the end. <laughs> that's <okay. laughs> Shut Oops. it down. Stop, Stop digging. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I do highly recommend doing it with someone else. I, I think agree. start the process on your own, mm-hmm. but then find someone that you can like dig into it with, or even someone that knows you really well that right. will be like, "I'm calling bullshit on push, what you just said. Push. Yeah, exactly. Nicely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Safely. So." When you look at your limiting beliefs about mo- around money, and like everyone has them about money because money is like the center of our culture. Correct. It's the way to be safe. So your your whole ego culture in your own body right. is going to be based on money, which it's going to read as abundance, right? Yes. So everyone's going to have a bunch of these, but let's say you have one in particular. Okay. That has to do with it being unsafe to have a lot of wealth. Yeah. Okay. You have one of those that you work very hard on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that idea that like it's unsafe, like if you think about that, like what you give yourself for a reason, like what's written and why is it unsafe to have a lot of money? Like what comes up?
1: Well, at first my, I think my ego is saying like, I don't really believe that. Obviously you're safer if you have more money.
0: Right. So right. you, and I think that's a good point because a lot of times your ego is going to argue back right. because it's going to have written some sort of story that, that it's not, it's not really true. Like right. it's going to have these weird side stories. Correct. So you got to dig further through right. that. So mm-hmm.
1: underneath that, I think that for me, there's, I equate having a lot of money to losing who I am. Yes. And not being authentic.
0: Yes. Right. I believe the word you like to use is poser. Is a poser. <laughs> you're a
1: poser. If, if you, you have a lot of money, you're a poser.
0: Right. So you, when she's saying poser, she's saying she's not able to be herself mm-hmm. if she has a lot of money. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And when you are a highly intuitive person like you are, the idea of not being yourself is right up there in like top three fears.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like suffocation.
0: Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. So your ego has created this belief. And if you start to look at why, right, right like you can go back and find all the reasons. Mm-hmm. I know the story. I've heard it before. Right. But it has to do with like losing your dad yep. very abruptly and being very young when it happens. Right. <clears throat> and having to like deal with all the fallout and like what you thought might be expectations of you. There was so much there. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. let's... For the listener's sake, say you've you've dug through all that, right. When you go to challenge that belief, mm-hmm. you're gonna have this mountain to climb because you it's not just like because you see it, you no longer feel like a poser, right? Your ego is still gonna block you having a lot of money because it's it's still gonna think it's unsafe, right? So if you want to undo that, you have to challenge that belief and actually make it unsafe to not. right? So one of the things you could think of, this is my favorite exercise. You say to someone, let's say you never change this belief. You keep the idea. Jamie just made like a really big face and took a really big deep breath and is shaking her head no at me. (laughs) It's awful. So you go, I never change this. I never fight it. I never get through it. Ten years from now, fast forward. Mm -hmm. What does your life look like? It's miserable. How the people you love the most in in your life, your kids and your husband, how are they suffering because you didn't fix the belief?
1: They're scraping to get by.
0: Yeah. Okay. When you do that, you shift into realizing that it's unsafe to hold my belief. Right. And it really screws with your ego. Right. No, it doesn't cure anything. It doesn't mean that the part of being a poser is now safe. Right. But it, it goes, this this is exposed. It's like somebody pulled the curtain away.
1: It like shows your ego the other side. Yes. Like the potential. Yes. Like it, it didn't know existed.
0: Exactly. Right. And now you have this other story. Mm. And so I try to think of it, the Christmas story. What is it? Scrooge. I can't think of it. Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i got to save my life. You know, when he's visited by like the ghost of the future. And right. like, if yeah. you don't change, like give yourself that experience. Right. Yeah. Right. And just sort of think like, if I don't shift this, what happens? Right. If I don't go for it, like, let's say, let's say someone's trying to like, I'm doing this job that's safe, but Mm -hmm. I'm really unhappy here. Mm -hmm. And their ego's like, but if you leave, will you make enough money to support your family? You can't get another job. You don't have
1: health insurance.
0: Exactly. What if this was a mistake? And Mm -hmm. then you go, okay, you didn't leave. It's 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened? How did it affect your kids? And all of a sudden someone's like, oh my God, they're going to think that they should have a job that they, they have never, to they're going to college or applying now and they're not applying for a degree that they actually want. They're trying to find a safe path. I'm like, right. I just handed Like once you do that, right. you're like, oh yep. shit, nowhere safe. Exactly. I know that sounds terrifying, but that's the secret to getting rid of it because now you can bring your new belief in. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the new belief can be like shinier now because it's like, okay, right. if I'm authentically mm-hmm. me. What I have to rely on to keep myself safe is like self-trust. Right. I have to believe that whatever's thrown at me, I can manage. Yep. And then you start to build that muscle and then you actually get through and you don't feel as affected by these blocks. Yes. Now, is that to say that when you become a multimillionaire, Jay, mm-hmm. right. that you're never going to have the fear of being a poser? Absolutely not. But that fear could then help you if it wasn't triggering you.
1: Exactly. If I'm aware of it. Then I can use that as a gauge. Yeah. It becomes like a milepost for me, like or it like becomes like a like an assessment tool. Yeah. Am I acting with integrity?
0: Yes. Am I being authentic to right. who I am? When Back when I wanted this money, what right. did I want to do with it? Am I doing that with it? Right. Then it's going to help you. Right. Instead of be this thing that stops you from having the thing. Exactly. That's how you get your intuition and your ego to work together. Right. That's how you shift these beliefs. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting rid of it. I feel like I'm, no. I'm saying this so many times, but it's so important. Like you're not mm-hmm. getting rid of the belief that having money might cost you your authenticity. Right. You're now working with the belief. The belief doesn't control you. It doesn't have all this power over you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you and I have worked on
1: creating, like talking about who do you know that has money, who you love, who you think is incredible, who's mm-hmm. authentic to who they are. Mm-hmm. And I've literally made lists. Yes, like this look person. for new
0: evidence. That's what that is. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean,
1: I mean, like celebrity, but I, mean, I did it with people who I
0: actually know. Like, oh, yeah. This person has a ton of money and I love them. And they're a great person and right. they're authentic. Right. And I don't consider them a poser. Right. Do you think people who weren't born in the 80s know what we mean when we say poser? I mean, I can direct you
1: to mm. music genres if you need to learn more about posers. Yeah. <laughs> Send us a message. Jamie will get a document ready
0: for you. Um, But yeah, like understanding that like what you created for that belief was based on needing to get out of feeling unsafe in a moment. Right. And then it went on to rule and take away things from your life. Right. And so it's important not to be like stupid Jamie at 20 for making that belief. right? You know, it's important to be like, you know what? Poor Jamie at 20.
1: Right. Just like you would talk to six-year-old Jamie.
0: Exactly. Like I see what you needed and you didn't have it. And this belief got you out. And I honor the fact that this belief helped us. But now we have to let it go because it's hurting us. And we have to shift it into this place where it's no longer a belief. It's just a piece of information that I, it's a filter that like I run things through. Am I being authentic? Exactly. Yes. Good. No, let me, let me shift course. Right. This doesn't feel authentic. Right. And then it doesn't rule you. Mm -hmm. It serves you. Which is the ultimate shadow work? Trick. Exactly. That's right. true. People think shadow work is something. It's not. We have an episode. on Yeah, we too. talked
1: about it. Yeah, it's it's not everything you see on TikTok.
0: No, no,
1: no, no, no. It's not scary. No, it's anytime you're digging into any of these beliefs or these vows, you're doing shadow work. Yeah. Anytime
0: you do anything, basically in your subconscious, mm-hmm. it's shadow work. Right. So it's not bad. No. Okay. If you consult your intuition first for everything that you do, or even if it's not first, it's step 25, but Mm -hmm. you stop and you really consult your intuition by Mm -hmm. asking questions that's like, how do I want to feel? What do I desire? And you like really pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. This gets so much easier. Yes. Because it's so easy to see what isn't in alignment with that. Right. So if you're like, what do I want? Like, ugh, I don't want to feel stressed about paying bills anymore. Yeah. Okay. Then you go, okay, I can see that now. But if you're, if you're walking around just an ego, like freaking bills, I hate this, da, 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 right. like you're never going to see it. You're too trapped. Yeah. You got to pull away and go like, how do I want to feel right. instead of how I do feel?
1: Right. Like I feel pretty shitty right now. Yeah. How, how can I feel better?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I've talked a lot on here about working on like my relationship with my own body and like healing from disordered eating and all kinds of things mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And so it's something like in the shoot currently that I'm working on. Right. So I know how I want to feel. And when I start to go into the, the spinny place of saying the bad things to myself, yeah, I immediately ask myself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me consult my intuition. How do I want to feel? Right. Let me focus on that. Because this is the only way out of this place. I can't do any healing if I'm saying all these negative things about myself. Right. So again, I know that that sounds a little after-school special-esque. Well. But it's true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A few other little hacks you can do that I think people will like. The sway test is is a good one.
1: Yeah, that is a good one.
0: I think that I have explained this in other episodes. You have. But basically, your body is so intuitive mm-hmm. that you can use it almost like a pendulum. You are connected to the matrix.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. Some of us more than others. Right. I mean yeah. that's what that's how people would describe when they mean that, that's yeah. what they mean. You're connected to your to like subconscious.
0: Absolutely. And your body is a terrible liar. See our episode on <laughs> see your episode on body language. True. Your your body reacts always with the truth that's right. why people read body language they can be like oh ooh, they just they just did that <laughs> like liar. yeah right. even the best one. i mean right. the the johnny depp amber heard trial oh. going on <laughs> all i I mean i have many thoughts on like we don't need to celebrate either of these people in this trial right but uh, the whole time i'm just watching body language and i'm like Oop. Look at, she I mean, She deviated, yeah, like you know, you, he deviated. Yeah, they they love stuff like that. I love that because it's right. like your, your body is intuitively has to be in the truth. Right. And it has to like do something different when it's a lie. Exactly. And I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use that to your advantage with this. So you can set it however you want, but the basic way of doing this is if you stand up straight and you have your feet about hips width apart not too far Mm -hmm. and you close your eyes and you say a statement if you sway forward or backwards you are telling a statement that is true you believe that right your body is intuitively going yep that's an alignment Mm -hmm. if you sway side to side like left to right your body's like something's off this doesn't something doesn't match with what we believe You can test
1: that by saying, my name is Heather.
0: Yes. And if your name is Heather. You fall forward. You fall forward. If your name is not. If your name is Jamie, you you fall sideways. Yeah. So you can do little tests with this. Try it out.
1: I'm sure that there, I don't know for certain, but I'm sure that there are about 10,000 videos on YouTube yeah. that
0: will demonstrate this for you. I think if you work hard, you could probably find me demonstrating one probably. on there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on your skills <laughs> of searching. Um, so yes, that try that out. And here's where I like to use that. Mm-hmm. I'll say a new belief hmm. and see what my body does. Oh. Okay. I like it. Yeah, because it's your body is going to react based on what it feels the most. Right. Okay, so if I say it's safe to be my authentic self and I tip forward, it doesn't mean that I don't have any beliefs that that might not be true. Right. It means that like I'm in a place where we're going with that today. Yeah, okay. I like that. So you can use it for that. You can also use it for like your negative beliefs to see how your body reacts to saying them. you'll You'll notice it changes over time, right? It starts so- it stops believing the old story. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to look at. Yeah. I also like to test out words because words are important. Words are spells, people Ugh. You know I'm obsessed with how important words are so are you kind of
1: yeah i mean we did an obsessed segment on that yeah how we did i don't even know how to explain it (laughs) the language you
0: you pick is really loaded
1: right and you can think a word has a meaning but if your subconscious believes it otherwise then you could be sort of
0: yeah in in that obsessed segment we talked about how you had the word loss meaning lost yes and how l-o-s-s and l-o-s-t got written funny exactly the same as being good it, oh, yes. Right? Like, so right. how you defined those words when you originally made your, your vow or your limiting belief is going to be what you mean when you say them, even if you rewrote them later, but you didn't actually fix it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I mean,
1: I stopped saying be good
0: to my kids.
1: Yeah, right. Because it means something else. It meant right. it means something different than what I meant.
0: Yes. I mean, really, when we tell our kids to be good, we're like, go meet everyone's expectations. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I hate that. Me too. Me too. I
1: say do your best.
0: Yeah. Have a good day. Just
1: do your best.
0: Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Stay alive.
1: Yeah. Maybe (laughs) your best today is very different than what it is tomorrow. (laughs) That tracks.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you can use the sway test with a word. So... Mm -hmm. I personally sway test for words myself all the time, but I also do it for other people. Mm. Like I would do it for you. Like if I was trying to figure out like what the right word was oh. and I like intuitively had a couple or I'd be like, ah, it doesn't feel quite right. I might sway test to see. Gotcha. Okay. Because my body somewhere knows the truth of that. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm going to rewrite this vow that I have mm-hmm. to be, I, it's safe to be my authentic self. And you say authentic and you tip sideways, that's not the right word. Keep looking. Right. Okay. That makes sense. It's not hitting for you. That's why when someone else gives you like a man, like here, use this affirmation. I'm always like, okay, but like maybe make it your own. Like how, or I'll say like, how does this word feel? (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Because for some people, certain words don't hit the same. Well, and it has to align with
1: your frequency also.
0: Yeah. Like, I was just having a conversation the other day. I was telling people how you always kick my ass about my weird definition of nurture. Yes. Right? We're still here. (laughs) Spiral
1: staircase. We're still working on it. (laughs) Still working on it.
0: I wrote that word, like, weirdly. You did. Right? So, like, when somebody talks about that or describes me that way, I have this reaction of, like, What? Me? I
1: I have resistance to that word now <laughs> because, because you have so much resistance <laughs> to it.
0: <laughs> so it's, words are so powerful. Yes. Words are spells. That's when people are saying they're doing spells. Spelling, right. That's spelling. You, when you're writing
1: words, it's called spelling.
0: Yeah. It's because words are really powerful right. and words have a lot of power over you. Yes. That's why sometimes you could use a word and somebody's okay with it and someone isn't. Yes. Like, you know, when people jokingly are like, I hate you. I hate yeah. that. I can't. I tell no. people, I'm like, I know you're joking, but it really hurts my feelings when people say that. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm like, I'm a rejection person. You yes. just told me you hated me. I don't yep. care if it was joking. That's a knife in the heart. It's a knife. But for someone yep. else, it's nothing. Right? So words are really powerful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. That's a really good point. Okay. So use the sway test. The other thing is we have a whole episode on state. Yeah. Going into a certain state, using state to like reset these, to walk into a room where you're like trying out a new belief, you better have a performance state where you like are performing and like shifting. You're still authentic, but you're like working out a new belief.
1: Let me tell you, if you can find that state, it's like shifting the gear of your life. I know that sounds corny, but like it's so powerful when yeah. you can like realize like, oh, I can get into this state and be everything that I want to be <laughs> like in that moment yes. for this particular scenario. Yes. That like, Five minutes ago felt like I can't do that, and yes. then you shift your state and you're like up in someone's grill, eh, grill, <laughs> not yelling at them, but just no. like
0: performing whatever. Yeah, you did that recently. I did. And it was
1: awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I texted you after yeah. I was like, oh my god,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just shifted my state. It was awesome. Yes, and it was it was particularly around. Like being yourself and like yeah. being a powerful version of yourself in front of people and like dealing with the idea of the good versus like the morality versus like the ethics and all of that stuff, which we talked about in a previous episode. And there were also some posers involved. <laughs> There's definitely posers so involved. So it was like
1: me gauging like how I, how I was presenting authentically with these other people yeah. who had a lot of money. Mm-hmm.
0: And I wanted to make sure I was being genuine, and you didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the things they stood for, right? But you had to go speak to them, and you wanted to speak to them, yes. So it was like, how do I find an authentic version of myself that goes and does that, but doesn't like punch them, right? And like previously, I would
1: never would have walked up to the, this group, yeah, and right. spoken, right? I would have just been like, no I'm all set, yeah, I don't, I don't need to talk to them. But you were like, stay, I was like, hey, click. everybody. <laughs> hey
0: <laughs> i love it so you can use state for this it's right. really super helpful it is everyone should have a state where they're kind of performing authentically yeah. performing is yeah. loud so use no it. performing isn't bad
1: no if, if you're still true to who you are right i mean i'm we're laugh- all performing we
0: are all performing we're performing right now all on a time. podcast Jay. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: I mean, really, but like when when you are who you are as as a boss compared to who you are as a mother, compared to who you are as a neighbor,
0: right? You're you're doing different performances. Yeah. I think about when like if I walk into a room that I'm going to speak in Mm. and I'm walking into that, I'm going to walk in like I am the most calm, cool, collected. I got this. I'm psyched to be here. My armpits aren't sweating person. <laughs> but I'm actually nervous. I know right. I can do it, but I'm not gonna walk in like with my body language looking like a little nervous. Like right. honestly, for me, the first 30 seconds of of walking into the room mm. is the worst. Or if you're already in the room, this is the worst part. And like people are slowly coming in and, and you're you standing you there and you don't know what to do with no. yourself. I hate that. That's why people make an entrance. It's awful. Yeah. Okay. Once you're talking once I'm speaking I'm yeah. in my thing I'm speaking I'm looking around people are paying attention I'm good right it's the first few seconds that are just hard yep but if you walk in and it looks hard it's you're not going to connect be hard. right. you got to perform a little there because the thing that you want and the intention that you have it has to align right it's really really dumb when people are like you just got to like be this when you're not, or like only be authentic. Like no ma'am. Right. No, I don't tell my kids that. I'm no. like, Oh, you're nervous about that. You walk in like you freaking own that place. Right? Like you're the king of everything. Exactly. That's how you walk in. Exactly. That's, that's real life. Exactly. Okay. The other thing is honor your emotions. I feel like this is a broken record on this <laughs> podcast, but I'll say it until the day I die. Same. Because we're told not to. Oh, yeah. However you feel is allowed. Make all the space for it. Right. So if you are like starting to dig through these things and you're like, oh, my God, this is, this is hard and this is scary and I, I feel upset about it or stuck or I don't feel ready for this one yet, mm-hmm. honor that. Right. It's there for a reason. Agreed. When I would do this work with people, there would be many times where I would be like, we're stopping here. And the next session we do, I'm going to have a therapist colleague be present. Right. Because you have to be careful. This is like deep, real stuff. Absolutely. So some of it is like not, not really deep and tough. Some of it, people are like so ready to move through. Some of it, people are like, so haven't looked at any of it that you got to tread real light.
1: Well, it's almost like they're re-experiencing
0: Yeah. What happened? There are, for me, the way that my intuition works is that people's limiting beliefs are like screaming at me while they're talking. Mm. It's like whatever you're saying in a sentence about something, all I hear is like, This is where you're stuck. This is where you want to be. Like it's just how my intuition works. Right. But could you imagine if every time someone talked to me, I was like, "Well,
1: (laughs) this is your limiting belief." Yeah. When did this
0: start? I'm seeing some imagery that it was like around six, and it had to do with your mom. Like, (sighs) could you imagine? This is a slow walk that you do with people. So you got to do that 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 all the
1: time. It's dangerous. dangerous. Crazy. It's not safe. It's not safe. You're only an ego if you're doing. If you're the "Quote unquote healer or the coach, and yeah. you're doing that to someone. Right? You're stuck in your own ego.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if you haven't gone to school to learn how to like walk people through really tough stuff, mm-hmm. then don't do it. No, please don't. Don't do it. Have somebody else do it. Right. Find a way that you can work with somebody or go learn it. Yeah, is what it is. Like it's not okay. I always tell people, don't open up a can of worms if you can't close it. Agreed. Because no one leaves my my like a session with me or something without them being okay. Exactly. You don't leave. Obviously. So, but that's not everyone's rule. I know. So you've got to be careful. Yep. So I'm not trying to scare anyone about this, but I'm saying like, even when I was doing this work, this is what I do. Like mm-hmm. I, I created the whole thing. Right. Right. I didn't invent it, but like I figured it out. Right. right. I would be very aware of that. Right. And I would notice when someone wasn't ready and that's okay. Of course. Yeah. Be where you are, baby. Yep. Okay. If you can somehow surround yourself with other people who like to work on this stuff, it's going to project you like a million miles ahead. Absolutely. It gets way easier. (laughs) Listen, we all have those people around us who aren't interested in like growing. Right. They don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to look at their stuff. Right. They're nothing against them. No. But if you're only around those people, your own growth is going to be hindered. Right. Because there's no space for you to grow. No, and people who don't want to grow themselves don't really want to be around your growth. No,
1: they can't hold space for yours. They don't want to listen to it. It's too much.
0: No, I think that I might be an extreme opposite where you should also be careful. Where like if you're not constantly kind of like on the track, I'm like, (laughs) "Eh." because you're not going to like me because I'm going to be like
1: hmm does that too much digging. really feel
0: right like I'm gonna push you yeah and that's that's how I love pe- that's how I nurture people Jamie see
1: <laughs> exactly
0: so it, it it's all it's all different ways find where you're comfortable right. but if you can really find people doing the work on themselves absolutely great if you get into a situation where someone is like I'm gonna tell you exactly how to change and what you should believe mm-hmm. run yes that's that's a little bit culty
1: well, and also remember all the thing, all the times we've said that there is no five step plan for this.
0: No, no, that's no, That's no.
1: not how intuition works. Yes. Like you can, that's why there are so many modalities, so many healing techniques mm-hmm. because not the same stuff doesn't work for everybody. Exactly. So if someone's trying to sell you, yeah. like do A, B, and C and you're good.
0: Yeah. It's not true. It's not true. And if someone is telling you how you should feel. Right. Bad idea. Yeah. No one can tell you how to feel. Right. Intuition is the whole thing is like, how do you want to feel? What do you desire? And it should always be evolving and changing. Right. Anytime. And I'm bringing up the culty thing because in the spiritual wellness intuitive world right now, there's a lot of culty shitty behavior going on. A ton. So the red flag is if someone's steering you away from how you feel. Yes. If you're being gaslit, if you're being shamed for your feelings, if you're not being asked how you feel and what you want. Right. Then you are in a situation where someone is either trying to manipulate you or doesn't know what they're doing. Exactly. Run away. Fast. Quickly. Yep. Call us if you want. Yeah. <laughs> so pay attention to those things. Also, be gentle with people when you're point if you're the friend pointing this stuff out, be gentle. Yeah. But Jamie always makes the same face at me when she's about to point out that I'm bullshitting myself. <laughs> I do. Yeah. She cocks her head to the side and she like purses her lips. Yeah. She's doing it right now. <laughs> and she's very gentle. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, um, I really hear you but maybe maybe we could look at this (laughs) that's a great way to introduce it honestly she could just be like hey you asshole you're doing like and I would be fine with it but that's a great way to be I tend to be a little bit more direct but I could be nicer and softer I'm not really with you though I'm usually just like Jamie no I found something no I want you to give it to me straight (laughs) yeah but with other people I'm very gentle so well my version of gentle I'm not sure everyone would think it was but okay is this another thing I think about myself that isn't yes. true? Okay. <laughs> yes, You're very gentle. Jeez, I'm a gentle nurturer. <laughs> you can. are. can believe you. Fine. Accept it. I'll try. I'll work on it. I'll make. A, <laughs> I'll make an affirmation about it. I'll work on my limiting belief around being seen that way. Exactly. All right. So look at this stuff. Be kind to yourself. Yep. Walk through it as you as you can. Find someone really qualified to do this. Mm-hmm. Not all therapists understand the intuition and ego elements of this. But there are great right. ones that do.
1: Yeah, and they might
0: use other terminology. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You know, they might be using fear or want or desire like things like right. that. That's all fine. Right. But just make sure you have someone who's informed about that part, especially if you are a highly intuitive, empathic person. Yes. Because otherwise it's not it's just not gonna work. Yep. Yeah. Because you're designed just a little bit different. Agreed. That's okay. Agreed. All right. Well, I have a limiting belief that <laughs> I can't have coffee right now. So, can we go, let's go break it? Let's go break it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Bye.
1: Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us.
0: Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.